That's the classic Jake move. It's like, ooh. Extra. It absolutely fits that film. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad. So much more heat and flavor. I'm excited. This is actually, I think this is the first omelet. It is definitely the first omelet. Who are these Absolutely. savages that you've had on the show? I don't prior? know. I'm just happy. I Every time I don't hear poached a... eggs, I'm excited. So that's... <laughs> Every week you narrowly avoid making I'll someone do it. poached like, eggs. I know. I don't know if our, our listeners know this, but I do actually like make... The, I don't like pre-ask. I am actually making eggs just at random. Yeah. Like whatever so, people say. Well, yeah. For poached, you might need a little bit of a head start probably. But... No, they're just going to wait. <laughs> at the very end of the podcast. We can watch water boil together. Well, hopefully, this podcast is a little more interesting than that would be. How you like them? The lady with the paper hat asked me as she poured a little more coffee into my cup. As that you say, I said, as a sad smile spread across her face, and I looked up. She said, I take you to be a soft-boiled man. I don't understand. I reluctantly confessed. Listen, son, she said, I upset you, but you've got to know I'm going to have to break a couple of things to make your breakfast. Just glad to see a blue morning and a yellow egg at the break of a day. But you got to break them before you make them. That's what they say. But you got to break them before you make them. That's what they say. Welcome to How Do You Like Your Eggs, a show for people who love to eat from people who live to cook. I'm Anna Goen. And I'm Jake Lewis. And our guest today is Charlie Snyder. Hi, good evening. Bartender at um, beloved beloved bar of the pod. uh, Pal's Lounge. Pal's Lounge. um, Our unofficial sponsor. Uh, I believe in the last episode. And where we go after we record and feel bad about ourselves. See you there, gang. Yeah. So definitely uh, someone we're excited to talk to and that we talk to a lot, you know, off of off mic. Yeah. I think you, you've heard a, a lot about our episodes. I, uh, I, if I recall correctly, I was one of the, the primer interviews for this show, as a matter of fact. That is true. Ah. You were our, our pre-show interview. <laughs> to be fair, concept. we're marginally more sober for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's okay. And I, I think we've uh, come leaps and bounds since then in terms of uh, what we have to offer. Sure, why not? So speaking of offering, Charlie, how do you like your eggs? I'm a, I'm a cheese omelet kind of gal. I need something really rich and dense to get my day started before I don't eat for my entire shift. I think I can do that. So, you know, obviously, working long shifts. You've been in the service industry for how long? Uh, most of my adult life. So we're talking 13-something uh, years at this point. Uh, started as a teenager mm-hmm. uh, and been doing it ever since, really. Uh, shout out to dropping out of college. <laughs> Did you start off working in bars, or were you doing something totally different? Oh no, Pals was actually my first bar experience. I was uh, I was mostly doing. Uh, I uh, I really got my start, and so let me double back. Yeah, it's yeah, more yeah. like more yeah. like ten years. Okay. I don't want to I don't want to overstate my clout. <laughs> if That's you okay. Will. We weren't gonna like check your resume or anything. It's fine. <laughs> 
But I really got my my start in the service industry working at an overnight taco truck in uh, in uh, St. Pete, Florida, called Taco Bus. Taco Bus. Okay. Very on the nose. I love um, it. And then was Powell's the job you got when you first came to New Orleans, or? I got my start in New Orleans at the Palace, Commander's Palace. Oh, okay. Uh, someone who did time at the palace. I feel mm-hmm. like it was only a matter of time before we had someone on the yeah. show that had like... I'm honestly kind of shocked that we, it hasn't come up yet. Yeah, it <laughs> worked there this long. I um, mean, I I think the only the only polite thing I, I have to say about the place is that if you need a job, you can probably get a job there. That is... I mean, that's interesting for some people to know, I'm sure. Um, forgive me if this is like an obvious question and I just don't know. Uh, what made you want to leave Florida? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know where to even begin that subject. It's a lot to but, uh, Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, I'd have to tell you a lot longer story about my life that, uh, I don't know if I have the, the will or want to, That's to, okay. to share, but, uh, long story short, uh, takes a long time to get anywhere in Florida. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty much every subculture or like a group that you would like to be a part of has a has a presence in Florida, mm-hmm. but you have to search far and wide to to find to find your people. Yeah, I think that um, makes sense. And New Orleans, I guess, is probably full of. Yeah, New Orleans has all much of the more. People. New Orleans has a much more uh, instant friends kind of vibe, or like mm-hmm. you could just you know walk 10 minutes to try a diff- an entirely different subculture yeah. like uh try something new but in florida you need a car at the very least and then you have to drive that car mm-hmm. an hour or two yeah uh but mm-hmm. long story short i had uh grew up in florida went to school in florida for mm-hmm. at new college of florida for a year failed out uh, waffled around doing nothing for a while. Mm-hmm. Started working on the taco bus, did that for a while. Got sick of that. Moved to Atlanta for a spell. Oh, okay. Which also has a lot of the same trappings as where I grew up. Yeah. But lovely place. Great to visit. Don't live there. <laughs> um, I actually didn't know you were from... You lived, lived in, Atlanta. in Atlanta. yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was very brief stint. I, I, I convinced myself I was moving there to do... Uh, community activism and outreach and okay. LGBTQ totally. communities, but uh, I really just moved there to date somebody. Uh, <laughs> and then that all fell apart, and uh, so I went back to Florida with my tail between my legs, didn't know what to do, was very unhappy, and my brother was finishing their PhD at uh, Tulane, Okay. Uh, and I would visited the city a couple times, loved it, and I figured, well, maybe maybe this is my Where? my shot. Where mm. I can finally like become an adult and uh, be loosely happy in a place to mm-hmm. do life. In. I mean, New Orleans is great for loose happiness. <laughs> <laughs> Very loose it is. Um, how do you feel like working in the service industry in New Orleans compared to like when you were in Florida and Atlanta? I feel like service industry culture in the city just garners a lot more respect than yeah. it does in other parts of the world. Like, this That's is really almost a, a destination, for, for... Or, or is a destination for service economy type of things. It's yeah. like we're a tourist economy uh, far and away. So mm-hmm. not only amidst my cohort and colleagues, but also 
by people traveling here and and spending their money mm-hmm. uh they're looking for a uh a unique service experience if mm. you will so i uh i feel like i make more money and catch less shit for okay. being a part that's, of the service industry in new orleans yeah that's, that's a the good, best way i've heard that described yeah that's a good wrap up of it make more money catch less shit i mean so obviously it worked you're still here yeah <laughs> yeah we no haven't. no plans on leaving um how did you end up at pals were you a patron turned employee? I was. Or? I was a light. I was a. I was a slight patron at the time. I. I was still very green to pals. I'd been living in Mid City for about a year at that yeah. point. Um, what really led me to getting my job at pals and is is full proof that the meritocracy is a complete lie. <laughs> uh, is I had had a falling out with uh, a rich kid at, uh, at Commanders. And was convinced I was going to get fired uh, over over how things went. Uh, so desperately, on a Mardi Gras day 2015, <laughs> I went on a job hunt and applied for Pals and Consecos, pretty much. <laughs> All right. Uh, I definitely appreciate the pre-quit. <laughs> yeah. I, I ended up keeping my job at Commanders for a few months after working at both places. But, oh, okay. Uh, but then uh, they, they threw an ultimatum my way, and the choice was pretty easy. Pretty clear for you. Yeah. What do you like about working at Pals? You said it was your first bar experience. So, like, compared to being a server, what do you like about working the bar? I mean, I think, I think one of the great things about bartending compared, especially to waiting tables is that being behind the bar provides a completely different power dynamic when you're dealing okay. with customers. I think that makes a lot of sense, actually. Like, you are, you are protected by the bar in a very physical sense, mm-hmm. and it's also like, I am I am the arbiter of who gets a drink or not, yeah. versus when you're coming to a table to and take an like order serving. or something like that. Yeah, right. you are, you're, you're having to lean over. They're the ones sitting comfortable at their space, and you're just coming over to be a messenger. Mm. Uh, whereas at a bar, I'm uh, judge, jury, executioner. <laughs> yeah, you're our first, uh, our inaugural bartender. Oh wait, really? on the show, right? Unless we do, we t- talked to someone who I didn't realize had been a bartender. I mean, everybody's you're, been a bartender. It's New Orleans, like touche. I've but been you're, a bartender. You're I'm like the least personal person in the world. <laughs> so, a grave mistake. No, I think that's really interesting. And I think Pals is, I mean, like maybe this is just my own personal bias because we like that bar and we go there a lot. We like Curtis Gang. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think Pals is a really interesting example of like a bar to work in because I, I wanted to kind of ask you about like, oh, it's a bar with a lot of regulars. Like, Totally, people in the neighborhood come there every day. Yeah, I mean, pretty like, much. That, not and, to not to out myself, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I see a lot of you live people. around the corner. In your defense, but also it's a bar where I feel like people just go, like when they're in New Orleans and they're just visiting. I feel like a lot of time they end up at Pals or like people from like uptown or whatever. Y'all are like yeah. number one neighborhood bar in the city, like four years running at this point, right? At least for technically mid city. Um, so I feel well, like that's an interesting dichotomy for you, probably. Oh, absolutely, and we—that's—it's very much we straddle both being a uh, uh, a well-documented destination, must-see bar yeah. in the city, 
I'm, I'm doing air quotes in the air. Oh, that's uh, right. This is uh, an audio medium. No one else can see those. Uh, but um, Here, let me help. but we're air also quotes. like our, our bread and butter and, and our, uh, I think what really makes the Pals a special place is the fact that it is a community neighborhood yeah. bar and that I've, I've had the privilege of, of meeting like as a transplant, especially like becoming a part of Pals is what's helped me. I feel become a part of New Orleans. Yeah. No, that's yeah, that's really interesting. Like what do you feel like you and the rest of the people at Pals do to kind of like encourage that or maintain it or do you feel like just by being yourself you're creating that environment for people? Yeah, I think I think a lot of why Pals is uh appealing is that uh every everyone who works there is very much unabashedly just themselves and we're all you know we're all a group of you know reasonably congenial individuals (laughs) that uh that just enjoy meeting people and and spending time and talking to people Mm -hmm. and and uh and the leadership of pals has uh arbitrarily chosen us individually over the years to to fulfill that role yeah i mean like personally i always enjoyed that uh about the bartenders of pals is like you don't get that vibe like you're in the Marini where like they're encouraging you and you're getting paid to be weird and you don't have that like corporate like towing the line it's like where everything is just so like clean cut and oh, everyone's yeah. like I, I feel like you really are just encouraged to like kind of be yourself and they just don't hire people who are dicks. <laughs> well thank you. I mean Yeah, I, I don't think there's any pressure for us to project uh, mm-hmm. something that we're not and I think I'm a great example of that yeah. and in some senses I uh, I am a, I am a, a non-binary sort of individual yeah. my my pronouns are she or they but I don't I don't it's not exactly something I enforce while I'm working mm-hmm. I uh, I kind of I'd be in the wrong industry if I, I yeah. uh, took issue with that every time there was a misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the very least, like the way I present myself is not at all policed by leadership or anything yeah. like that. And I've always, from day one, entering the door, been allowed to do me uh, with, uh, and you know, have had to negotiate some uncomfortable situations over the years, Definitely. but by and large, like it's it's been a non-issue, and people have been happy to have me all the same. And especially, uh, I mean, considering the, the times we live in, I think uh, my myself is a part of a, a the millennial zeitgeist, <laughs> if you will, and um, and I'm I'm making pals money by just being me, also. So. No, that I think yeah, there's a, there's some mutually beneficial shit going on there. No, I definitely think that's. So I've I've always had a question about this. Like, how is that? Like, just especially like at a neighborhood bar. Yeah. Like that that can't be easy, especially when you're like you're in. It's not just like you're in bartending in the quarter. Like you're in people's lives like every single day, and I, I know like it's. I mean the the clientele has changed a lot like over the years, but like. It's a very old school bar. Yeah, old school New Orleans people, definitely for sure. Yeah. There were some bristles at first, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a uh, some some uh, some rude chatting uh, in the murmurs that I was beholden to. Um, 
I'll, uh, I'll spare repeating it for everybody's mm. sake. But long story short, not everyone was pleased to see me behind the bar initially. Mm. Um, but uh, a lot of it was just, and this is my just personal way of walking through the world, is like I, I'm a kill him with kindness type of critter. Um, I was patient, did my best to just wear people down more or less with you know always being cordial and and patient making uh, them like you yeah it's hurt the more or less yeah. more or less like sucking their dicks uh <laughs> but not in an entirely disingenuous way i yeah. was most certainly sometimes biting my tongue or feeling frustrated yeah. in yeah, certain I know instances how that is. but at the end of the day that's also like when you're dealing with uh, creatures of habit, and especially older individuals, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes patience is the name of the game. Like yeah. I, I just try to come to the table where, with I don't know what other people's life experiences are, and even if people are judging me or treating me in a way I don't think is unfair, I'm fortunate enough to be in a position to kind of weather that and show them that they're wrong. Yeah. Also, you have all the booze, so they can get the fuck out. Right. Also that. Yeah. yeah. Also, if you give me shit, then you don't get a drink. Judge, jury, executioner. Also. Oh, yes. There are please, eggs for you l- now. Let please me, eat let those. Let me take a bite of this delicious looking omelet that looks way nicer than what And I on this prepared. podcast, I am judge, jury, and executioner. So we'll be right back with Charlie. But first, some hopefully endearing desperation. If you're interested in supporting How Do You Like Your Eggs as either an advertiser or underwriter, Email louder at cicadaradio.com. That's L-O-U-D-E-R at cicadaradio.com. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or contact us with questions and comments at howdoyoulikeyoureggs at cicadaradio.com. Hi, I'm Asher Griffith, producer at Cicada Radio, and I just want to say thank you to our beloved Patreon subscribers. This show is free for you to consume, as you know, dear listeners, but it is not free for us to produce. Currently... The only source of income we have is the generous support of our devoted Cicada Cadets. Oh, what's that? You want to be a Cicada Cadet too? Well, great. Just head over to patreon.com slash Radio and pledge. As little as $1 a month earns you the title of Cicada Cadet and a place in our hearts forever and swag. I can finally say that swag bit with confidence because I have a bit of swag stuck to my forehead right now. It's a sticker for an upcoming production of ours called River Runs Backward, and it would look so good on your laptop or your belly or your dog. Just head on over to patreon.com slash cicadaradio and pledge your support to get your own bit of swag. Now, we'll get back to the eggs, but first, here's the sound of a 15-pound flathead catfish being forced through a lumber planer. You're welcome. What? But, like, like buffalo sauce is a perfect food. It's yeah. like, oh, it's spicy. There's a shit ton of vinegar in it, and there's, like, butter in it. Great. Yeah. And you lose. Yeah, exactly. All right, y'all. You're right. Clear eyes. All right. Uh... <laughs> Big heart. Oh. My heart. <laughs> All right. Everybody ready? Yeah, are you ready? Mm-hmm. And we're back. Yes, after uh, the omelet has been thoroughly enjoyed. <laughs> it is gone. Um, so I had something that I wanted to talk about uh, now that we have somebody from Mid-City in here. 
That's true. Uh, my least favorite time of the year, <laughs> which is Jazz Fest. Oh, Jazz Fest. <laughs> I hate it so much. I, I, I worked at Cafe de Gas, which is across the street from the entrance, for four and a half years mm-hmm. as their lead saute cook. And I, I literally still have PTSD from like even thinking about cooking during Jazz Fest. It is just so hard to describe to people that don't know. <laughs> I think my my stab at describing it is it's the two weeks out of the year when Mid City becomes the French Quarter. It's like yeah, that's two hundred thousand of your girlfriend's dad showed up at your doorstep at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you know those uh, mechanical tickers to, to itemize, like uh, they're held to like get a number of covers for events and things like yep, that? Yep, yep. I want a ticker for that uh, Jazz Fest this year, but it's entirely to count the number of straw hats I encounter. It's like the, uh, do you the follow uh, Jazz Fest ads on Instagram? No, but Wait, really? I, I need to. Yeah, there's a Jazz Fest ads account. Oh, no, no, no I've seen it. It is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you should. Startling. You, you need that Columbia, like, plat, like, like propylene, like, light fabric, like, long yep. sleeve shirt. Or, uh, like, a, a straw a flower shirt of yeah. some kind. Or a floral with, print. With yeah. netting in the armpits, of course. Mm-hmm. Got it, yeah. You gotta let those dad arms breathe. I know. Just to accentuate your piff hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> some kind of uncomfortable dad sandal, where you're just like, I've never seen my dad's feet, and I never needed yeah. to see my dad's Why feet. Why does this you know? Birkenstock need... 15 straps. <laughs> it's a lot of data energy to maintain. Um, but Pals is kind of in the thick of things, I feel like. Oh, Pal, uh, Pals uh, experiences a windfall during Jazz Fest. We're not quite as close as some other locations, but mm-hmm. we're well, these days, we're just on the way back to everyone's Airbnb. Oh, thanks, Sir Mimi. <laughs> thanks. Um, but this episode brought to you by Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> Over my no, dead not. body. <laughs> Would you Gosh like to mouth. displace people from their community? Consider us taking an Airbnb. Is your rent just too low? Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to increase the property value of your neighborhood? You want to fuck over everyone else in the industry in which you work and mm-hmm. live your day-to-day Have life? Have you ever thought, man, I hate my neighbor. I wish there was a new one every six days. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> well, in any case, that was a fun non-sequitur, but <laughs> yeah, fuck Airbnb. Unless they sponsor the show, and then I will totally fucking sell out. And then I will fuck you. Yeah, Airbnb. right. We're in the service industry. We're not doing that well. Um, but yeah, Jazz Fest is—it's a, a time of year where we change the way we do things. You're talking mm-hmm. no glassware. No glassware at all. It's all plastic. Yeah. Do you even use like the plastic cups with a name on it, or are you just like? Are we? Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. That's town. how you upsell that double. So as uh, it, oh. for all the uninitiated, yeah. to get the the signature pals go cup, you need to order a double, or pay a dollar. Um, <laughs> I don't think I ever knew that actually. It's and, never come up because I have like forty five of them. Yeah. In my house. Yeah, to any respectable New Orleans drinker, you just get them incidentally because you know how to do business. Exactly. You know yourself. But that's that's how you get one, gang. And if you ask for one after ordering a single, after I had provided you the option, I am going to be maybe a little bit salty. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, the Palace Cups are instrumental in that upsell. But Fair in any enough. case... Um, 
Yeah, that's all, all hands on deck. Mm-hmm. It's some of the only times of year we do split bartending shifts. Uh, wow. Pals is uh, uh, on weekends and, well, increasingly less so, but on weekends generally is the only time you have more than one person behind the bar. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and during Jazz Fest, split shift from like when the when the shows end and the doors get out, it's all hands on deck. We run an auxiliary bar out of the side door with our draft cooler, oh. and we just have the door wide open and and our, our <laughs> beloved doorman Eddie ready to to field any and all IDs way earlier in the afternoon than he normally has to come to work. Mm. Uh, and it's I'm just sure an, he loves it. Oh. We all know Eddie's a lover. Uh, and and it's just an onslaught uh, of people for a solid three to four hours at least. But it, it it's the busiest time of year, far yeah. and away. And it's also the time of year when you encounter, uh, you know, some more publicly recognized figures. Mm. As apparently my claim to fame has been this past Jazz Fest when... Uh, Helen Mirren, family of the bar, uh, graced us with her presence. Wow. And her lovely husband, Taylor, um, and made us all extra famous for posting on Instagram of her time at Pals, where we serve a cocktail named in her honor. Yes, 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 the yes. Helen fucking Mirren. The Helen fucking Mirren. The, the fucking is, is on the menu. Yes. It, it is mildly edited for some fucking reason, but it is it is the Helen fucking Mirren, not the Helen Mirren. Uh, did which, Helen Mirren order a Helen fucking Mirren? She absolutely did. Yes. Excellent. And I had and and upon uh, registering all of this, I had to scramble into the back office and find the box of glassware we had stowed to just find a martini glass like, out of somewhere. It's I am like, going to serve Helen <laughs> fucking here in this dinner. Oh shit, oh shit. I gotta find, oh shit. Like, I spent yeah. like a, two minutes just repeating oh shit, just like fumbling in the back. Like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I broke a couple of things, just like coming downstairs to get the martini glass ready. And of course, as soon as you do that, then everybody else is like, well, why do they get their drinking glass? Where are they? I'm sorry, that's her. Helen Mirren? <laughs> yeah. Excuse that's me? why Helen Mirren gets the Helen Mirren in the cup. <laughs> like, Jesus. But uh, Helen Mirren is technically family of the bar. Uh, I one no of our idea. One of our beloved owners, Rio, is uh, her stepson. What? I mean, I don't know if he would refer to himself that way, but just just the way things worked out, his father, Taylor, married married Dom Helen. Um, And she was, as far as, as far as internationally recognized public figures go, the most sweet and congenial person I've had. The best thing. Yeah. Just like, just like without, without her, her clout in the world, she was lovely to wait on and she actually after she posted a picture of me looking somewhat beleaguered in the background drinking uh her drink uh she made an effort to personally respond to my family who commented on the picture that i'm doing a great job and that was she and in that moment she did more for me 
than I could ever do for myself in terms of helping my parents sleep better at night. So, shout out to Helen Mirren. Shout, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she's out there listening to the show. Absolutely. Helen Mirren. To the Helen Mirrens of the world, thank you yeah. for putting our parents at ease. Yeah, that's, no, that's a good point. It's always such a comfort when celebrities are as nice as you want them to be. It's oh, like in my so current job, I encounter a lot, like a decent amount of What is the nicest celebrity you've ever met, Anna? the nicest celebrity i've ever met um uh pop star carly ray jepson was the best tipper Ooh. i've ever encountered call me maybe carly yeah right uh and was also an what utter utter babe That's fine too. um but uh keanu reeves stayed across the street and was so nice what? just so nice lovely I didn't that's know about that. really courteous that's a general read i've gotten but i think one time i saw a reddit thread where someone was grumpy but you know Y'all have bad days. I'm not going to lie. I think mine is 50 Cent. Oh. He no was shit. so nice. He was like filming some like um, like cop movie down here with like hmm. uh, Robert De Niro uh, when he came into Emeralds. And he like came back in the kitchen and was just like the nicest person I think I've oh. ever met. Um, Marlon Wayans was the same way. Like came back into the kitchen and like personally thanked everyone yeah, after he'd so eaten nice. brunch. And I was like, Wow. What, Thanks. What more can you ask for? Right? Yeah. Like, like, thank you. Appreciate it. Anyone uh, who appreciates hard work. F- fuck Ben Affleck. What? I didn't say that. <laughs> That's so no. weird. Who said that? <laughs> Crazy. He's probably in an Airbnb anyway. I've <laughs> <laughs> never had the misfortune of dealing with a particularly a belligerent celebrity, but I think one of my favorite celebrity sightings, despite ha- hearing that he's... Uh, I mean, unsurprisingly, by all accounts, an erratic individual to deal with is uh, Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, uh, it I, just uh, feels like seeing Bigfoot in real life, I feel like. But I kind of feel like in this town, everybody's sort of got a Nicolas Cage story. I don't know. That's Nicolas true. Cage he does like to get high in New Orleans. I don't have a Nicolas Cage story. He hit his wife outside of my restaurant. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Tasteful. Sorry. Six degrees of separation, you know? Probably also staring at an Airbnb. Yeah, right. Uh, but I could appreciate that his, he was his wearing... His grave, I think, is an Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure there's real estate in that monolith in uh, mm-hmm. Lafayette. Was it number one or... or no, not Saint, Lafayette. St. Louis. Saint Louis. Yeah. Number one or two or three? I thought one. it was three. Oh, was it number, number one. one? I was going to say three is right behind my house. Spending so. that moonstruck money. Literally right behind my house. That's <laughs> but I did appreciate his crushed blue velvet suit. And uh, he was wearing a pentagram on his ring finger and like a, a precious uh, gem of every color that I, I loosely could discern reflected like the uh, Aristotelian five elements. Whoa. So, like, I, I, I dug his, his pagan uh, shtick there. He was, he was giving off a vibe that yeah. you generally yeah. He is of. a wizard. Probably an evil one, but a wizard. I mean, I think Nick Cage just, like, is a vibe in human form. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is... Uh, really like, he's not even a... It's not a person, it's, like, the absence of subtlety. <laughs> <laughs> he is a shudder. <laughs> oh, this feels like we're just like filling in a fucking Cards Against Humanity prompt, you know? Oh 
my gosh. Welcome to this episode of the New Orleans Gossip Rag. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, right. I think we could probably loop back around to a couple of the things that we like to use to sort of like wrap up. That is true. Uh, well, I guess since we're on the, we were on the Jazz Fest training, what is the, what is the weirdest special request you've had at Pals? Oh, that is a very, oh, that, that, that is a little vexing because like most of like, I just kind of unequivocally refuse weird requests. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. What is, what is the weirdest special request you've got that you've turned down? You're just like, I'm not doing this. Is there, yeah, one that just like sticks in your mind as being like fucking absurd? Nothing too exceptional. I think it's like, you, so like when people go to Jazz Fest, they usually lug a lot of like, doesn't have to be jazz casual fest. camping gear with them and mm-hmm. they like try to like put it behind them for valet their camping gear with us. Oh, I know. That's how I got my entire backyard. Right. Shout out to Jazz Fest patrons for uh, furnishing all of New Orleans service staff houses because yeah. please feel uh, free you, to leave stuff with us. We'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> you won't uh, get it. You back. get you get about a, a one month statute of limitations on uh, reclaiming your camping chairs and coolers, and after that, we redistribute them to the community. And uh, and just just tr- in true represent resentment of your uh, your yeah. opulent wealth. I've Hashtag always pay it for. I feel like. Every jazz fest, every cooler and like lawn chair just like ends up with a service industry person and then we all go tubing and just lose them in Covington. <laughs> it's just like some, And then like, they go back to the jazz fest dads it's like, somehow. It's like a water cycle. No, it's, it's like, like it's this giant recycling from like Cleveland chairs. to Covington. We're like, you bring them down here, we take them, and then we just like get drunk and lose them in the river. That's really poetic. And, and then they wind back up in the delta. Yeah. <laughs> Slowly rebuilding our barrier reef. I was gonna say we're preventing coastal erosion, probably, sure. It's just clamshells and folding chairs. Garbage is the only thing stopping this place from sinking right now, I gotta tell um, y'all. Well, I mean it's not necessarily a, a weird request, but like what is what is your go to drink if you were gonna drink? It really depends on my mood, but when people ask me what my favorite what? drink to make what do you, Oh my god. Wait, is, do you hate that question or are you like whatever about it? I so I over here. I've learned to love it. Like that, and I'm like, it depends on my mood. If I'm frustrated, I will say crack a beer and pour a shot. If I'm in a better mood, I will bounce back and ask, "Well, what base do you normally yeah, like? like? If what's we're your... talking liquor, you like you like whiskey, you like rum, you like vodka, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like, yeah. if you give me a base, I can do something with it. But mm-hmm. if you're just outright asking me what my favorite drink to make is and expecting that to somehow align with your the needs, things you like yeah. and want, like that's just a, an exercise in futility, and I'm disappointed in your lack of vision. Well, uh, what's all right, so original drink. What's your what's your favorite one that you do original? The I like Pal f- specialties, you mean? That didn't even have to be that. Oh, okay. Just I like, that's what you were I think the first drink I learned how to make well and fell in love with was just a traditional margarita. Hmm. And there are only three ingredients in a traditional margarita, and that's lime, tequila, and some sort of orange liqueur. Hmm. I don't add any additional... Cig- uh, I was going to say cigarette... Sugar. Well, that either. Uh, That's how you make it special. Oh yeah, Marlboro out in the middle. That's how you get the umami. (laughs) Um, But um, 
That's a, I have a, I have a featured version of that at the bar right now, and it's just, it's called the Charlie Rita, but really that just means I make a good margarita. That's really funny. (laughs) Should be sour and bright. Uh, So my favorite question we get to ask is, so what's your favorite place to eat right now? Yeah. Ooh. Um, I'm not going to lie on a... So, on dates with my partner, my favorite place to eat is a thousand figs. Yeah. Um, Very good. Yeah. And Solid. by myself, it's 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 company burger gang. It's I fucking love yeah. the company burger. So underrated. I agree. I'm. Is it underrated? I feel like it is. It's like it somehow rides the line between being overrated both underrated. and underrated at the yeah. same time. Oh. Um, yeah, I like. I mean. I, like I feel like burger. by people in the food industry, we kind of like to like skim over it. Yeah. I don't. Option, I don't think I like it has it. the best burger per se, but like in terms of like what you want with your burger, it has oh. the best all around arsenal. Also, like, their buns are just just fucking solid. So perfectly toasty. They do make a good yeah, and Toasted they make a butter. they make a good pickle, which yeah. is really what kind of make or breaks yeah. burger for me. Was it's make a, it's a sweet pickle, so if that's not your thing, yeah, I don't want to mislead anyone who's like really hoping for a dill in this scenario. But I mean, if you want a, a dill, a go bread. To science. <laughs> good point. Uh, but like their their fries are solid. Their onion rings are exceptional. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. Um, as a white person, my mayonnaise is my birthright, and, and the they man- have a lot of good mayonnaise. <laughs> they do, they truly do, and the American cheese. Mm-hmm. The Which I feel like is weirdly rare down here. I feel the like melt factor. I feel like it's coming back. The, the, we're going to take a total non sequitur into talking about burger trends, but I I feel I like we have come you, back from the like. Every burger needs to have, like, Swiss or blue cheese or, like, fuck American cheese, it's gross. And, like, we've looped back around to people being like, no, no, no. Actually, it is the uh, superior burger cheese. American cheese is burger glue. It is. Like, in in the best uh, way. Like, mm -hmm. if you want, like, like your burger to adhere to itself and maintain its structural integrity, American cheese is pivotal. It is. It it, It has the right amount of milk, and it also, like... I like like I like a mid rare burger. Yeah. With like some blood and some grease bubbling up. Mm-hmm. And it it has enough like wherewithal to resist that. Where it's not just like dissolving up the sides of the burger. Yeah. Like yeah, you yeah, with yeah. like a cheddar. And it's like it's it's salty enough, but it's like mild enough that it's not gonna dominate the burger in the way that a cheese with more flavor is gonna dominate the burger. I feel very passionately about this. Um because if it doesn't have American cheese on it, I probably don't want it as a burger. I would oh. love to talk about burgers for the rest that is of my a, life. That is a strong call. No, it really, like, everyone's, if there are mushrooms, I will maybe go Swiss cheese. But, like, other than that, what's the point? I'm not so much of a Swiss bad myself. It's never, I've, I've always feel like it's, like, uh, Provolone's edgy cousin, and I can appreciate <laughs> their, like, that they like Slipknot, but, like, it's, it's just, it doesn't yeah, do it, it for doesn't me. doesn't do it for you? Yeah, I, am, I think that's fair. I am the blue cheese guy. I mean, I, mean, I, I love, love blue black cheese. And blue. I just... Mm-hmm. I don't need them together. But that's just a personal thing. It's like I love both of those things separately. I just don't need them together. Yeah, fair enough. I have a recently, like, this is mostly at my house. Or sometimes I will literally bring it to the bar with me. But uh, Brussels sprouts on a burger. Ooh. Mm. Tell you'll me have more. To, yeah, you'll have to. Oh, when you were, when you were doing uh, your brief sitting crack burger, I remember that was a feature. And I yeah. thought that was a, uh, a phenomenal choice. I do miss that. I... 
never got to eat a crack burger and that's my own fault and but now it's like the opportunity is done i know i feel like i i want to bring it back but i also just really enjoy being like an urban legend now but maybe i'll just like crack burger is just sleeping it's not dead gang (laughs) it's like perpetuate uh, all the myths about it if you all have seen uh evangelion it is uh Is very much like Lilith in Antarctica, and once someone pulls the Longinus spear out of Crackburger, it will reawaken and destroy us all. So be prepared for that. That's a deep cut. All right, maybe I'll hey, come no, back. There, I know for a fact that there are people that listen to this show that will appreciate the anime reference. So to like kind of go from polar opposite of that. Um, we have this question that we kind of like to end on. I'm not sure how many episodes of the show you've listened to, but um, if you were going to give younger version of you a piece of advice, maybe about working in the industry, maybe not about working in the industry, like what would you say? Like looking back. Um, don't be ashamed that you didn't go to college like you thought you were. Um, it turns out that you can only find meaning in post <laughs> and that your your plans aren't going to work out and you're going to just flail through life and then eventually something will come of it and it's on the nature of your character and a lot of it uh, is just a product of that. Yeah. No, I think that's really... That's good. I think that's comforting probably for a lot of people who end up in this industry in one I'm way I'm in my mid-30s and I find it comforting. <laughs> yeah. Same here. All right. Well, I guess we will end this show the way we end every shift of work with a shot of whiskey. Cheers. Thank you so much Cheers, for being y'all. with us, Charlie. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> How Do You Like Your Eggs is hosted by me, Anna Goen, and Jake Lewis, with music by Asher Griffith, Lauren Amard, and Kevin Griffith. Produced by Asher Griffith. We're on Instagram at How Do You Like Your Eggs Pod and at Cicada Radio Presents. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash cicada radio. You can find this show and other shows on the Cicada Radio Network at cicadaradio.com or wherever else you find your podcasts. Just glad to see you blue morning This is Cicada Radio. Sing, love, die.